Welcome back in to And Still, a wrestling podcast. We've got a lot to cover tonight. Last week in AEW, today, full gear pay-per-view preview, this day in wrestling segment, and Collision faces off against SmackDown this Friday night. Let's get into it, but before we do, Timekeeper, ring that bell. Welcome to the And Still, a wrestling podcast, your weekly podcast covering the latest in the world of professional wrestling. Welcome back in to And Still, a wrestling podcast. Again, myself, Morgan the Casual, along with me at ringside is Drew the Endeavor Man and Kevin the Oracle. Thank you guys for coming in, being a part of the show again. I hope you had a good week, a good week of wrestle watching, if you will. And um, I hope that you enjoyed it because we've got a ton that we want to talk about. Did you guys mind? Do you guys mind if I start with uh, today, this day in in wrestling before we get started with anything else? What do you think about that? I got it. Yeah. Right. However, let me stop here one second. You know who said to say hello to you, Morgan? No. Huh? Who, who, who said? Nick Wayne's mom. Oh, oh wow! Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> I heard Nick Wayne was changing his name to Nick Cage after nope. uh, you know two different classes. two different guys. Um, what happened in today's history? All right. So I got to tell you, let's start from the beginning here. 1992, Rock and Roll Express defeated the Heavenly Bodies. Mm. I don't know. I don't know anything about the Heavenly Bodies. Sure you do. That's Bruce Pritchard's brother. And okay. Yes, Tom Pritchard. Um, and That's Dr. Tom Pritchard. Dr. Tom Pritchard. a lot of yeah. issues from what I understand. <laughs> all right. Then we had 1993, ECW held their very first November to remember in Philadelphia, PA, Salvatore, uh, I'm going to butcher this name, Belomo. Belomo, Belomo, and the Rockin' Rebel in a chair match. The Sandman versus Jim Neidhart ended in a double disqualification. Public Enemy defeated Bad Company. And Kevin Sullivan defeated Tommy Cairo. Um, Malia Hosaka, is that right? Uh, Don't know who that is. Gary Martell. And Johnny Hotbody and Tony Stetson defeated the Bad Breed, Axel and Ian Rotten. Tommy Dreamer and Johnny Gunn defeated Johnny Hotbody and Tony Stetson in 10 seconds. Uh, Tasmaniac defeated Tommy Dreamer. I guess he, he wrestled more than once. Mr. Hughes defeated Johnny Gunn. Sabu and Road Warrior Hawk defeated Terry Funk. And mystery partner King Kong Bundy. How about that? Scorcher. <laughs> How many people listening to that did you realize had an ECW run? Because I'm looking at it right now. I was like, well, I learned something new today. I did not know Jim Neidhart had an ECW run. I would I would gander that 50% of those people are passed away as well. Ooh, ouch. Well, no, that's I hate, probably I hate to segue into that, fellas, but you know, the biggest one from from 2005, November 13th, Eddie Guerrero, 38 years old, was found dead in his hotel room in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And it was a heart attack, heart failure from, you know, m- many things in his life determined. Uh, 
that was his cause of death. 2005. So the great uh, Eddie Guerrero. Is that the one that Chavo Chavo found him that morning? I believe. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah. The dark side of the ring. I think it's the Benoit episode. They kind of cover that whole thing, and it it's like, boy, when you hear it on that thing, it is rough. <laughs> You know, Chavo tells you the story with no punches pulled on that. And it's like, it was bad enough to wake up to that news, you know, and watch wrestling. You know, what was it? I think Raw was, you know, the first show they did with that. And then SmackDown right after that. I think they filmed them both back to back. They were like supposed to be in the same arena that night, if I remember right. Also, fun fact on that. Just like I heard with Owen Hart, um, if I remember right, the month, the Raw or the SmackDown, they were going to do that. They were going to do a three-way with Batista, Eddie Guerrero, and Randy Orton for the World Heavyweight Championship. And if I remember right, Guerrero was probably supposed to take the World Heavyweight Championship belt off of Batista that night because Batista was working hurt, and they weren't 100% sure he was going to be good to go. And like, yeah. same thing like Owen, the night they died, they were supposed to win the title. Do you, uh, do you have the pencil at that time? How do you know this? Uh, you, you know, the dirt sheet back in the day. <laughs> I think somebody... He's I, trying I think to be the Oracle, you know. Hey, man, I think Bruce Pritchard, one of them, talked about it. Like, that was the plan. Like, they knew he, Batista was hurt. They had to get the belt off him. And Ger- Eddie Guerrero was going to be the guy. Well, we're reading those down here, Randy <laughs> Try that again. You were reading those Cloudflare websites? Is that what you were telling me? Those dirt sheets Pretty back much. in the day? Oh, man. I'm AOL. What do you want? AOL chat rooms. I mean, I you know, those are some legit things. But ProWrestling.com was a great site for me back in the day. Um, it does say Randy Orton and Bautista were in a three-way match with him that night scheduled on SmackDown. Uh, you know, and it, it, it never happened, obviously. Yeah. Um, another thing I wanted to bring up, just random topics of the day that I found before we get into the meat of the show. Um, some rumors out there that, uh, and I'll go to I'll go to you, Drew, on this one since you're the authority of WWE. Rumor out there that that John Cena's hanging it up again. I mean, he only had about seven matches. A lot of those were in uh, not televised. He lost to Solo in Crown Jewel. In a very kind of confusing to fans way, uh, he's not putting over, you know, the top tier talent. He seems to be losing to mid tier talent, and now maybe it has something with the Screen Actors strike being over. But John Cena has been posting some some things on social media, basically indicating that his run is done. John Cena I thought he was going to go WrestleMania. John Cena sucks. So. Yeah, so um, the deal is, is like it is like John Cena is more or less done with the WWE right now. Now the thing about it is, is it has everything to do with the Screen Actors Guild, you know, settling their differences, and you know the writer strike is over. And he made it very clear, I think, in one of his press um, things, he said, "As soon as this strike is over, I gotta go." Like that is that's the that's the deal. It's like it's part of his deal he has with Hollywood now where he has jobs that he's obligated to be working on and just the strike just gave him an opportunity 
to break away from those obligations and go do a quick run with the WWE. He is like, he's fulfilled that obligation basically now. Now, as far as the idea of is John Cena done with the WWE as in done, done? No, absolutely not. I can still see there's going to be another short problem, probably run somewhere down the line. I wouldn't even put it beyond him at this point with Ric Flair being in AEW now that they wouldn't try to find a way to get Cena back for one quick run just to put the world, you know, or the WWE title on him so that he can break Ric Flair's record. And Hmm. that way they can just call him the GOAT from now on. That sounds familiar. I don't know why, but that sounds really, really familiar. It should. Kevin, uh, did you already predict this? He did. You know what I want to predict before we get into any more pro wrestling? How much of a shit show F1 in Las Vegas is going to be this weekend? I'm just going to put that out. Now you're really getting off topic here. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not the Oracle of professional wrestling, not just the Oracle of professional wrestling. I'm also going to become the Oracle of F1 between it being mid to high 40 degrees, them running it at 10 PM Pacific time, which puts us at one o'clock our time. And the fact that they've destroyed the downtown area of Las Vegas, this is going to have long-term financial impacts and the, the residents and folks that work in that area, uh, that, that Las Vegas area, F1 is going to be a bad word for the next few years. They have a three-year contract with the option to renew for 10 years. They put in billions of dollars worth of inst- infrastructure support, and it's going to be an absolute shit show. Pirelli is already, TV, right? Well, yes, Pirelli. So ABC and ESPN are going to have it live at one o'clock in the morning. So Pirelli is already saying, we don't know what's going to happen with the tires in 40 degrees sustained weather. The track is too long to keep temperature in the tire. So in the braking zones, the tires are going to be cold. And even though Pirelli has said that they believe that they've developed a tire, again, and again, if you don't know F1, you have a hard, a medium, and a soft tire. Their hard tire now has to be a soft tire. Then it needs to be softer and even softer, which means the tire goes away quicker. I'm just going to say this, and I'm going to cut it short. This weekend is going to be an absolute shit show for F1 in Las Vegas. So for those who are listening here, if you've never watched Formula One before and you want to watch a shit show, tune in at ABC at 1 o'clock in the morning and you'll get yourself a grade A shit show probably. Yes, 10 p.m. Pacific time. Practice is Thursday and Friday night at 8.30 Pacific time, which makes that 11.30 p.m. on Thursday night and Friday night for the East Coast. And then the actual race will be Sunday morning, 1 a.m. Eastern Standard Time or uh, 10%, uh, 10, 10 p.m. Pacific time. So enjoy that. Sounds good. All right, back to wrestling. Yeah, let's get let's get into, I know you wanted to start with AEW Dynamite. So we, we've done a little bit of here and there, but let's get into AEW Dynamite real quick and run through the card and then um, give you your, give you, get your thoughts on it. Um, this is AEW Dynamite from November 8th. Uh, we saw MJF defend the AEW world title against Daniel Garcia and Jay White uh, facing Mark Briscoe. So two of the guys that are going to be facing off against each other um, were uh, at, at full gear coming up this Sunday were highlighted on at the, the match, uh, you know, individual matches with other opponents. So um, I guess we'll start with the, the very first one, which was <clears throat> the start of the, the night, really, I think, was MJF versus Daniel Garcia with Menard and, and Angelo Parker 
at ringside. Um, winner by submission, MJF. Looks like from some of the sites I'm looking at, it it was it was rated pretty good. I do feel like that uh, Daniel Garcia is one of those younger wrestlers that I actually don't mind seeing more of. Um, I don't know if you guys agree or not. So it's interesting you say young wrestler because that's what this was. It was a showcase of future stars. And in fact, Tony Schiavone actually said, we're looking at the future of the business during the match. Uh, it was like a 12 minute back and forth, a very fast paced. My only critique was you didn't get enough time to digest what you just saw. And I did enjoy the fact that Garcia went between professional wrestler and sports entertainer with the whole dance thing. And then Cool Hand and um, uh, Angela Parker will pull him back, making sure he stayed a professional wrestler. I enjoyed it for what it was. I fully expected MJF to go over, but it was a nice showcase of what we're going to see for the next foreseeable future in those younger stars in AEW. Drew, what do you think? Same thing, um, same thing. And also just back to our original point. It's like MJF is wrestling an awful lot now, like way, 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 way more than he has been in recent memory. And I'm pretty sure, like you said, it's leading up to an angle. So a few things throughout the match I thought were interesting. Uh, MJF wanted a handshake after the match. The whole crowd, you know, chanting that, that really fun sportsmanship that he's kind of got working. Obviously, Daniel Garcia was stopped by his friends uh, and didn't do that. So uh, thoughts on that? Do you feel like that Daniel Garcia, is that that's just kind of him playing his his side or or is there is there something to that or not? Unfortunately, I think we're going to see Garcia get pushed back to down the list for now because there's nothing really for him unless they build to that December 30th pay-per-view. I think it is December 20th, whenever the last pay-per-view of the year is. Uh, but there's no reason for him to be in anywhere near the top of the card right now, unfortunately. He's a good hand, and he kind of got over with that dance, but he's cooled off a little bit. That's my opinion. So, Drew, to, to bounce that to you, the dance thing. Like it? Don't like it? What do you think? Honestly, it gives Daniel Garcia character. And it's honestly one of the best, it's like, it's kind of helping them for the most part, even though it's kind of cooled off to an extent, it helps them for the most part, because at this point with those guys, they don't, you know, ever since they broke them away from the Jericho Appreciation Society, they really don't know what to do with these guys. They know they're good and they're useful, but like, they don't have a purpose right now. And just like you said, they're a good hand right now. And that's all we're going to get out of them, I think. Morgan, watch this. I'm going to make Andrew smile. I'm going to say one name. Alex Wright. I love that guy. <laughs> when I think dancing wrestler, I think Alex Wright. Oh, man. Alex Wright. It's like, if you don't remember Alex Wright, you need to remember Alex Wright. It's like, God bless him. I don't, I'm not a big fan of Disco Inferno, the human being, but him and Alex Wright together as a wrestling team was the best. Oh, when they added Tokyo Magnum to him too? Brilliant. I love it. I think Morgan was probably maybe 10 or 11 years old when those guys were a thing in WCW, but I digress. Yeah, I don't know much about that, but um, going on to the next match, you have Sting and Darby Allen versus the Outrunners. Outrunners had kind of a 1988 look to them, uh, a little bit of a vibe, but it was it seemed like it was a pretty quick and easy win for, for Sting and Allen um, with, with such a quick win. Uh, who do you feel? What do you feel like is next for Sting and Darby Allen? Is there anything next before they get to the pay-per-view? I think you're missing the point. 
I think AEW has lightning in the bottle with the Outrunners. I see a huge upside to these guys from a nostalgia point of view. I think they can strap the rocket to these guys and fans will get behind them. They may be okay. Yes. I mean, it's a nostalgia business. This guy is Hulk Hogan reanimated. I mean, look at him. He even looks like him. He stops and poses. He flexes. It's fantastic. (laughs) I don't know what they're waiting to uncork these guys on, but when they do, they are going to be over like Rover. It'll be short-lived. It'll be fun. It'll be a four to six month run, but they have lightning in a bottle, in my opinion. I, I, Sting and Darby were in this match, whatever. It was all outrunners for me, honestly. Morgan, need you for a second here. It's like he's he's my buddy and he's yours too. It's like you can't tell me that the outrunners don't look like our boy Blake. Yeah, yeah, definitely with the sunglasses and the blonde long hair I, and and you know the the scruffy I beard. Swear, I look. I see, the out, I see the outrunners. I see. My, and it's like my buddy Blake and I see another coworker of mine, Jeff, and I look at them. I'm like, that that is them, man. It's like they can play that role to a fault too. It's like I I'm with Kevin on this one. I I think the outrunners are great, and I think this is something like I don't see them as like a you know you're never gonna see the outrunners as a credible tag team, but they can, I don't know I don't know. I think, you know what? You have a point. If the guns can win the AEW World Tag Team, <laughs> why not the Outrunners? I got to be honest with you guys. These guys are tag teams from uh, OVW. So this is part of that partnership there that we, we know that they've been building with AEW. We saw it hinted at the Netflix special. These guys are OVW roster guys. And as Kevin mentioned, I mean, I like it. They Like, like we talked about Daniel Garcia We've got, and maybe that's some of the issue. We've got a bunch of really young guys that don't have a character. These guys are a little bit older and they have a character. So give me more of that. Yeah, I, I want more. I want to see them pushed. I want to see them have like cheese ball matches where they do the Hogan spots and the Macho spots and the Warrior spots because they're really just blatant ripoffs. And I think it's fantastic. You know, too, that like with those guys where it's like they'll lose a bunch of matches and they'll get super over. And then when that one time where they do get the W, it'll it's like the crowd will give it its huge pop for them. It's like they're it's like they're likable. It's like, hell, they're probably lovable. And now you even see it's even to the point where I'm thinking to myself, you said these are OVW guys. I'm like, I will watch your Netflix show if you can give me more of the outrunners on this thing and give me a backstory. Yeah, I'm in. OBW has a couple of wrestlers that, you know, you would definitely fill in seats, you know, um, <clears throat> like I said, they, they play it. They have a certain style about them and I like it for sure. And, and I want to see more as Kevin mentioned, continuing the card. It looks like we had a non-match women's title contract signing. This is Tony storm and Hikaru Shida. Uh, I believe this will be a match at full gear. Um, just thoughts on this coming up? I think it was a great way to not have a match yet. Show them on the show. Uh, continuing to see Tony Storm spiral, where she says she is. Um, basically, she said that every time she was supposed to be the breakout star, she'd have gotten away. And I thought it was yeah. very well done. The fact yeah. that she points her toes when she's speaking to the camera and wiggles them is hilarious. <laughs> yeah. but you can see she's she's just going a little more and a little more and a little more into the deep end. So much so that I placed the pre-order for the micro brawler of Tony Storm from Pro Wrestling Tees this week. And I will enjoy that when it comes in. It's one thing you laugh because I was thinking it's like she licked the pen. 
But it's another thing that like Sheeta a hundred percent sold that. Like first looking at her disgust, and then look, you know, then also giving the look of like when she's handed the pen, like, Ugh, like she's yeah. got to Oh man, I think it'll be a good one. Uh, I I still don't know who they will who will win this one. I I don't have a prediction yet for yep, it. We got to get the prediction, so we'll get that. Yeah, for sure. Chin up, tits out, and watch for the shoe. All right, next up is Swerve Strickland with Prince Nana and Penta El Cerro Medio with Alex Ebrahantes. Um, you know, this one is one that I was really looking forward to, and I actually ended up stopping after this because I had some other things come up. But Swerve Strickland gets the pinfall. How do you think this positions him going into the bigger match against uh, really the rematch uh, against Hangman Adam Page at full gear? Uh, do you think it, it showcased both the wrestlers really well? 14 minutes overall, a very competitive match. So this is the first place I would say that they needed to tighten the screws. I enjoyed the match, don't get me wrong. But there were many times where it took too long to set up a move and it looked way too cooperational. And there was one point where they were setting up an elbow. And I don't know what they did, but one of the guys was basically standing there with his dick in his hand waiting for the other guy to come down off the top rope. It was, it was not well done. They needed to slow it down and make it a little more cohesive. It looked exactly what it was, a very cooperative match to just nail high spot after high spot. However, going into this, there was no way that Swerve was going to lose going into the pay-per-view. Zero chance. So of all the matches on the show, I think this was the weakest match. I think I know exactly what you're talking about because it was like Penta was not sure if he needed to fall down and he kind of halfway fell down and Strickland may have slipped on the rope or something. So they were like, oh, maybe we should change what we're doing. And then he was like, oh, no, he's he's about to hit me with the elbow. So he got back down real quick. It Like you said, it was all caught and it looked kind of like, you know, it's, they were it's a talking to each other, talking to each other through that move. It's a case of getting my shit in and trying to stuff 10 pounds of shit in a five pound bag. They gave him 14 minutes. They should have given him seven and they should have slowed it down 50%. It's weird you say that because I'm sitting there trying to reminisce like all of what that match was. And, you know, like you're right. It's like it was just everybody trying to get their shit in. I, I still stand by it though. It's like Penta's a star and Swerve is on the on route right now, I think, to being a main event star in this company still. So you're really not going to give that one any kind of uh, big time, um, you know, score on that one. What about after the match, Swerve tried to take Penta's mask off, and that's when Hangman Adam Page came in with a steel a steel chair to kind of get in the way. Yeah, there was a spot under the tables. Uh, he gave him a dead eye out off the ramp under the tables. Those were legit tables, just covered in cloths. That was uh, that was pretty impressive. That was a pretty hellacious bump for them to take. I thought it was well executed. There was no pads that I saw. It's also what they should be doing. Like after the whole breaking into his house, threatening his family and stuff like that, this is exactly what Hangman should be doing. He should be every opportunity. They're in the same place at the same time. He's making a beeline for Swerve. It's And yeah. like I said, collision was exactly, you know, when he had the whole, you know, promo, it was exactly what that too was exactly what it was supposed to be. This is how I want to end it. So after that, there was, um, you know, some some teasing. I guess the Bullet Club Gold, Jay White and Alex Marvez were talking about the MJF match coming up that, uh, you know, 
full gear. They were talking about Mark Briscoe and, you know, would he defeat him later on in the show? That was an interesting stipulation. You know, kind of they're still doing that in at full gear as well with the tag team ma match. But uh, if Briscoe won, then he would take his place. Do you like that stipulation of if this guy wins and it takes your place? I mean, does it, does it, we obviously know Jay White's going to win the match. Does that like add to some maybe more realism with it or does it, does it just kind of not really work for you? Just what you said, obviously Jay White's going to win. So by putting in that stipulation, it makes you question whether Jay White's going to win. Does it really though? Or, or, you know, you feel like it's kind of false narrative there. Uh, I think it's a swerve. I think it's a swerve. Um, but it was pretty obvious. Again, you're building to the pay-per-view with these guys. There's no way Twitchblade's going to lose, no matter what happens, right? right. So, yeah. I mean, you throw it, you throw it out there. But I will say, we haven't got to that match. But I will say that Briscoe was over. He is the kind of Eddie Kingston kind of guy. Everybody just loves him, and he can do no wrong in the the eyes of the fans, in my opinion. Um, the crowd was solidly behind him. Not saying that they weren't behind Switchblade, but they were solidly behind, behind Mark during that match. And he got some offense, and it was good. Uh, you know, there might have been a question of, oh, maybe it's possible, but there wasn't a strong question. There was no point in which Jay White was was going to lose that match. When you say that about Mark Briscoe, too, it's like, doesn't it suck that we never got the actual Briscoe on AEW? Like, man, it's like... You know, the controversy and, a and TBS and TNT not wanting Jay Briscoe on the team on their television sets and stuff. It's like, I, I realize now, like, that was how much of a downer that is. Because, like, if they're loving Mark Briscoe this much, it's like Jay was a brilliant promo when he wanted to be, too. And I think, like, both of them as a tag team, being on television would have gotten over for this company. So the next one up was uh, a interview between Kenny Omega, Chris Jericho, and the Young Bucks. They dubbed it the final boss battle, I guess, going back to the video game kind of thing for them. Uh, do you feel that this match, Omega and Jericho versus the Bucks, well, really, we should call it, as Mac Jackson proposed, the Golden Jets versus uh, the young bucks. Do do we feel like that there is some some build up, some tension here, as if it's a final boss battle? It seems to me that it's uh, it it lacks that build up. So this is uh, causing me concern for the booking of AEW right now. This makes no sense. It came out of nowhere. They even referenced the fact that the Bucks were in line for a shot against FTR, and they're putting that on the back burner. This doesn't make a lot of sense. Is this just to get the guys on a pay-per-view for, for a paycheck? Um, unless there's some long-term booking behind this, this is just like a hot shot kind of situation. And I'm not sure other than Kenny maybe taking the fall here and making him realize, like reassess his journey and maybe breaking away from the Young Bucks and kind of going like that heelish, almost like a New Japan type. I, I, I'm just concerned. This this it doesn't make a lot of sense to me, and I'm not sure I know the outcome here or the end game here, but I, 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 I'm not a fan of this. Is Full Gears the one... This is the pay-per-view that's in California, right? Correct. Right. Okay, cool. territory. All right, let's do the WWE thing. So we're going to do this match with those two. The Bucks, Bucks are going to win. 
and then they're going to probably cash in that shot with whoever wins in the um, tag team titles. You think? Yeah, it's like this is the California crowd. Give them what they but want. The people, the people who are going to win the tag titles are going to be MJF and Samoa Joe. Are they're not in the AEW World Tag Title, are they? No, the Ring of Honor in the opening show of, of Full Gear. Oh yeah, I wasn't referring to that. I was referring to the four way tag team t- for the AEW Tag Titles. Where if FTR would win that match? Uh, we'll get to that when we get to the uh, predictions. Yeah, I mean, that one's supposed to be next to last match. Ricky Starks, Big Bill have the title right now. So how sad is it that all three of us couldn't come up with Big Bill and Ricky Starks as the tag belt champions? I could. I remember their tag team champions. It's just I know FTR's in that match. Roosh and Vance are in that, and so's, um, was it? Well, that's, that's basically things, what Kevin's talking about, though, is things, that. Things don't bode well for those guys. FTR. Oh, no, yeah. they're. This this has got to be where they drop that. This this is transitional champion time. Yeah, doesn't bode well for them at all. I mean, it takes it takes you a minute or two, maybe a Google search or two, to get Ricky Starks and Big Bill in your brain. Whereas like FTR or the Young Bucks, yeah, or maybe the House of Black or the Kings of the Black Throne, whatever you want to call the guys with the two guys. But I don't know. I do not know if this is a good thing or a bad thing, but it's like it genuinely feels like. Everything Big Bill and uh, Ricky Starks have been doing lately, they could have done with or without those tag team titles. Agreed. Well, it goes back to what Kevin was saying is like, you know, there there are times where AEW seems to be doing a long play story and it makes sense and it's satisfying. And then you get these situations where it's like the Golden Jets, that's just a made-up name out of nowhere. Omega was like, I mean, on social media, hanging out with the Young Bucks, you know, just recently, it's not, there's no rivalry built there. There's no backstory built there. It just seems like let's throw together some big names um, that don't have a match yet. If we go back a month, though, FTR asked to drop the belts to Big Bill and Ricky Stark for some reason. Yeah, we still haven't figured that out, right? No, no. Maybe it's to avoid the match with the Bucks. Maybe there is some backstage heat. Could be. I mean, they're just putting him right back into this full gear match, though, to, it, to it, win it, it again. It doesn't make a lot of sense. And, Short, and, short-sided, hot-shotting. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. I'm not sure where we go with this. I'm not sure. I mean, the thing is, the Bucks said, if you win, you take our shot at it. And maybe, and maybe that's it, Kevin. Maybe, maybe the Golden Jets do win and remove the shot from the Young Bucks to avoid that scenario. Is and Jericho maybe, maybe it's uh, Omega Jericho versus FTR? Is Jericho a believable winner these days? Like he beat Takeshita in DDT on Saturday night with a submission. Yeah, which is shocking, I don't right? I don't exactly I don't understand. Yeah, Chris should be losing, and he was losing quite a bit, quite a bit. So I, I don't know where they're going with this. Listen, the man is my age. He's 53 years old. He shouldn't be beating guys that are in their 20s and 30s, in my opinion. He just filed a trademark, the Jericho era. Geriatric era is more like it. <laughs> and you complain I'm just about saying, there's, there's things building here that we don't know yet. 
Yeah, but that man tra trademarks everything. That's true. That's he, true. He is a marketing genius. All right. Uh, so the next one is, and I'm trying to pull it up here as I'm talking. Uh, Ring of Honor TV Championship, Samoa Joe versus Keith Lee. Winner by submission, referee stoppage was Samoa Joe. Very physical match between those two guys. Uh, Drew, we'll start with you. What's your thoughts on that one? Most important part of that match was the part that was after it, where um, he it's like Samoa Joe vacated the Ring of Honor Television Championship and just laid it down the ring and said, I don't want it. The next title you're going to see on my shoulder is going to be the AEW World Championship. Now, this means also that, like I said, the, AEW, the ROH TV title is vacant. They've got to find somebody for that. Honestly, Keith Lee would have been great, I but I guess they don't want Samoa to do that job right now for whatever reason. But, um, yeah, it's like I think that's leading to something bigger. By the way, it's like, as Kevin will say, it's like this was exactly what we wanted to be, big, meaty men, slab of meat. <laughs> you know, Kevin's going to get mad at you if you keep taking away that uh, sl slogan for him to say. Which he um, stole from Biggie in the first place. Samoa yes. Joe, Kevin, 574 days of Ring of Honor TV champ. And he just, I mean, are we saying he relinquished it? Just, yeah. Is that what we're saying? So, so Kevin, thoughts on that after such a lengthy reign? So, I didn't think the match was all that great. I thought it was very one sided. In fact, from memory, the only offense that I remember that was impressive that that uh, Keith Lee got in was a pop-up powerbomb on Samoa Joe. Uh, Samoa Joe seemed to command the match, working on body parts from what I remember. Um, I would like to have seen more. We know that, that, that Keith Lee has the ability to really go, and I didn't feel like we got that in this match, so I, I'm looking forward to a rematch down the road. But I didn't particularly care for the fact that he just threw the belt down. It devalued it, in my opinion. Like, I don't give a shit about this anymore. Here you go. You can have it back. I've done what I'm going to do. I've had it for nearly 600 days. Um, I, 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 I would like to have seen the look on my face when I saw him do that because I was puzzled. Like, this doesn't make a lot of sense. He wants to go after MJF. Well, there's like five guys in line. So I don't understand why they made him relinquish the belt. And Drew, to your point, I can understand why they didn't have him drop it to Keith Lee. But in this scenario, I would like to have seen that. But then that would devalue Joe's spot so why not do it with a little bit of cheap heat why not do it with some cheat why not do it with a run-in you can you can have him drop the belt still protect him and transfer the belt over to keith lee instead of just throwing it down which in my opinion was very disrespectful yeah because uh, you know we talk about it's I'm not honorable this. right yeah it's definitely not honorable but um uh, we've talked about this before it's like you know ring of honor it's like tony khan loves his tournaments and i feel like it's like Every time, you know, when somebody drops a belt like that, my initial response is, oh, God, we're going to do another tournament, which I guess eventually we'll also need to get into the fact that on Collision, they announced a tournament. Not <laughs> the Ring of Honor title, but just a tournament. Tony Khan loves his tournaments, man. He, he, he must sure be great does. during March Madness. All right, next up was the Guns, uh, Austin and Colton Gunn come out for a squash match against the Bollywood Boys. 
I guess we really don't have any thoughts of that. But afterwards, they were kind of trash talking MJF. Or wait, maybe we do have some thoughts. The best part of that match was the Bollywood boys dancing before the bell rang. You okay. guys didn't see the bu- they did it <laughs> WWE too. They they do the whole lock their legs together and and it's actually very entertaining. And then the bell <laughs> rang, so that match went about three minutes. They got one off. No, no, it they- was it was forty six seconds. Oh really? Yeah, it was. Six Jeez. Seconds. Okay, they took a they took a beat down. Yeah, it was basically a squash match. But the Bollywood boys have been around for a while. They were in WWE for a number of years, and yeah, they have that that whole like dance where they they join their feet together and dance. It's pretty entertaining, in my opinion. Yeah, they were they were Ginger's hen, henchmen, weren't yes. they? Wait, they were yep. Ginger Mahal's henchmen, really? Yeah. yeah. The Maharaja. Yes, yeah. the modern day Maharaja. We're, the modern day Maharaja. The, unfortunately for them, the most memorable thing they had with their WWE run was that time where Randy planted one of them into the um, into the announcer's table, and you saw Randy even make the like ugh face. Yeah, like, yeah, you knew that, that wasn't a good landing. Somebody threw him over the rope, I think, and tore one of their ACLs. Like yes. going so hard. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that was back when I was a WWE fan. Mm, what a day! What, what a life! All right, so moving on, uh, MJF comes backstage or is backstage watching everything go down, and he and uh, Samoa Joe comes up to him and kind of just looks at him, and you know they just kind of walk away. So I don't know if you had any thoughts about that, but that that has to be the mystery opponent for the opening pre-show. His tag team partner is going to be Samoa Joe. It has to be. It's don't either that in. or it's either that or or um, what's his name from the acclaimed, and he doesn't make as much sense as Samoa Joe does. Uh, I don't think it'll be the acclaim because didn't we get the uh, acclaim getting destroyed by the devil yeah. and his little henchmen? Yep. And you're yep. not going to like what I have to say about that either. So we'll wait till we get there. So the next yeah, one was Don Moxley and Wheeler Yuta backstage. And Moxley was talking about how Orange Cassidy didn't deserve to make it to full gear. Um, obviously, they're going to be fighting at full gear, I believe. So um, another inter. inter- is it no, not intercontinental? It's international belt. Correct. Um, between one of the, and, and Orange Cassidy, thoughts on that? One of the better interviews I've seen Orange do. Um, he did it straight, he didn't add any comedy to it, and he came off like a legit contender. I thought he did really well. Serious Orange champ. Cassidy's fun, he's really good. And it's like when he wants to be good and dead serious, he's good, yeah. Uh, Wardlow was then in a, a video package talking about how he'd been wasted for three years because of MJF. Um, you know, thoughts on Wardlow? It seems like some of the reaction online is just frustration that he's he gets pushed for like a little bit and then he disappears. One, my thought on Wardlow is he was one of the four guys in the hood, but we'll wait till we get there. Man, I gotta tell you, Wardlow. It's like it's funny because I watch these things and I think to myself, like he's blaming MJF for all this, and it's like you know every smart wrestling fan, which is ninety percent of what watches AEW, is looking at this. It's like, yeah, it wasn't MJ's fault that you got wasted. MJF went off television, and then you proceeded to go down the toilet, and then he had no fault of his whatsoever. It's like MJF didn't make you fight a bunch of lawyers, you know, five seconds after you got the biggest push of your life. Um, finally, a match between ladies. Uh, happy birthday, Julia Hart, who turned 22 years old. 
She faced off against Red Velvet in a winner by pinfall there for Julia Hart. Um, you know, another really nice moonsault and eight minutes. I think that was the best produced female match that I've seen so far this year on AEW. It's definitely a testament to how much Julia Hart has improved. Side note on that too. Julia Hart also has, in my opinion now, one of the best like ring entrances in AEW right now. There's, it's just really well choreographed. It's really well done. The fact that they, you see her like singing the song, like it's coming from her, you know, down to the, while she's coming down to the ring. It's good. It's really good. Yep. I agree. Do we think we've been double swerved here and is sky blue going to go back down the path of the black? Uh, I, I, I can rule that. It's like, that's a possibility. I Willow is definitely not turning heel. I'm sure of that. We'll find out at the pay-per-view. Yeah. It's going to be a four-way, four-way dance. Uh, Mariah May walked on the screen with RJ City announcing her as the newest signing. I know you guys had sent me some stuff from her. Um, she seems like some of her highlights, uh, she might go in the wrestling uh, ring is what I'm talking yeah, about. But talking she's about wrestling she, ring, Kevin. The ring. She's missing. She's missing one aspect that really does it for you, though, is she Morgan? Yeah, you know, I'm a nose guy. And um, that's just one thing. It's a go no go for me. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I've said this on the radio many times, uh, Drew, it, you know, I, I would never date somebody with an ugly nose. And so my wife has, she has a cute nose and, uh, you know, I just, I have a thing about ugly noses. Okay. Okay. I can understand that to an extent. It just caught me off guard. It's like, man, you've got all these things to look at and your, your first go <laughs> is the nose. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty superficial about that. And yeah. I, I probably, right. probably have nothing to stand you. on with the way I look, but you know what? It is what it is. Like I said, no judgment. It's like. All right, let's talk about that final segment and how we went off the yeah, air. The boys. final match Jay White with Juice Robinson, Austin Gunn, Colton Gunn versus Mark Briscoe. If Mark Briscoe won, he would take over the opportunity to face off in the AEW world title match but he did not he jay white uh hit a lifting ddt and hit the blade runner for the pinfall after about 14 minutes long um a uh, jay white will be challenging mjf at full gear in just a couple of days good match i thought it was fun never did i think mark briscoe would win he's over like rover the crowd loved him um, and, you know, the more I see Jay White, the more I think he's an upper mid-level guy. He's never going to be a top guy, in my opinion. Really? Yeah, I just don't see it. I know that in New Japan he was, but even that, I think, was forced. He's not on that same level as, as the guys that are going to, quote-unquote, hold the strap. Uh, I don't even think he can go with Kenny Omega. And we know that Kenny's lost a step. So I just don't see that extra gear in him. He relies a, mo- a lot on his henchmen. He relies a lot on cheating. I just don't see that physicality out of him. It doesn't have that snap like you get in that upper echelon guy. That's my opinion. I think if you've matched him up with someone of equal stature, I'd like to see it. Like I could see him going up against uh, Adam Cole or. Yeah, he's a small guy. Something like that. He's a smaller guy. I agree. I would like, I would, I would think that that would be a very believable match and a very good match. 
if you got him in the mix, uh, instead of take John Moxley out of that stupid, you know, cycle with with Orange Cassidy, it makes no sense to me. And put put Jay White in there, you know, put Adam Cole in there for that belt. Um, John should be up, you know, John should be up in the net in the in the world title. I don't argue. I can't argue that. I, 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 you're right. The body type, Jay is just a little too small, in my opinion. He needs to be in there with people like you mentioned. That's one I thing we agree on, man. I, I'm learning wrestling. I started to shit talk and say, like, you know, it's like he only signed a couple years contract. It's like, what are the odds? It's like, you know, it's like if you don't think he's an upper echelon here, what are the odds he goes to WWE and tries to be upper echelon there? Jay White versus Seth Rollins might be a pretty fun match. Yeah, once or twice. Jay White versus AJ Styles. I mean, I haven't seen I haven't seen AJ work lately, but I was in his hometown last week, Gainesville. You know what? I haven't I haven't seen AJ Styles either. I actually ended up watching SmackDown uh, last week. I'm sorry. Did it hurt? Did it hurt? It's a good Um, show. So I. I didn't think it was that great of a show, to be honest with you. Um, Did I ever tell you about my pet peeve with that whole, to be honest with you? You don't, you don't want me to say it? Okay, so, so, essentially, essentially, what you're telling me is you've been lying to me the whole time, and now you're being honest. No, I don't know why I say it, but okay. Kevin Owens, Austin Theory, you know, I really didn't. Uh, Chelsea Green, Piper Nevin, and Charlotte Flair, and Shotzi. You know, I don't know. I'm just not. There was uh, no that that wasn't. I'm looking at the wrong. You should have watched the, the New Japan show Friday night. I'm looking at the wrong one. Hold on. You probably would have liked the New Japan show more. The New Japan show. When was that? Friday, Friday night. night. Really? Yeah. Was it on We're TV? Like cool. actual TV? No, it was on pay-per-view. It was good though. It wasn't. It was incredible, but it wasn't bad. Didn't have all their top stars on it because it was a, a U.S. New Japan show. So you had four or five guys from Japan, and the rest were the U.S. guys. Like Trent Beretta was in the main event. And the funny thing was, is they mentioned the last time Trent Beretta wrestled, he wrestled in in, in Charlotte, North Carolina. I happened to be there. It was him and um, who's Tony Storm's husband, um, Juice Robinson in the main event when Juice was their U.S. champion. And they went like 35 minutes, and we were front row for that. There was only like 150, 200 people there anyways. Um, and it was it was really good, but they referenced the fact that that was the last time he had wrestled for New Japan because the week later he was wrestling for AEW. So um, it was it was good. I watched Eddie Kingston go up against one of the New Japan guys, and it was a very good stiff match, which you know that I enjoy. So um, let, me give you, let me give you the rundown of SmackDown. Carlito with LWO which they had a falling out, apparently. Santos Escobar fought with Rey Mysterio after the match. They, he, he Carlito fought Bobby Lashley. Who fought Bobby Lashley? So Carlito was his first SmackDown match in, like, you know, decades. Can I? Bobby Lashley. Can I, can I? Carlito can I, versus Bobby Lashley is literally 2005. So can, <laughs> I, can I tell you my, mis- my nostalgia with Carlito? Uh, sure. Does anybody remember when he beat John Cena for the Intercontinental title in the Boston yep. Garden? I was there. Oh, I thought you were going to tell me you were in the club where that dude stabbed John Cena allegedly. You know, what was no, it? no, no. Carlito's bodyguard, Asus, or something like that? No, no. We were in the box in Boston Garden for, for work. 
Um, we had all rented out the box. We got 12 guys together. And uh, like within 15 seconds to go in the match, I'm like, something's not right here. Carlito's going to win. And sure enough, he won because John was going off to do some movie, The Soldier or something like that. Probably some, the, Marine. Some, the Marine. There it is, the Marine. Yeah. So, hey, yeah. can we? Can we take a second to acknowledge that, like how it's like how far we've come in wrestling? It's like John Cena was leaving and going to be off TV, and the gimmick they came up with was he went to the club after the match and got stabbed by Jesus, <laughs> not thinking for <laughs> one second that we weren't going to look at that and be like, "Hey, wait a minute," and then see him when he comes back. Like, are there like stab wounds on Cena or what? No, you don't have to. You don't have to uh, like go back and prove what happened happened you just got to say it happened and then you move on sure. like um, pat patterson went on the belt at rio de janeiro it happened kari saying joins damage control setting up bailey eo sky and kari saying versus uh, uh charlotte flair oscar and bianca belair only to find out giving you a spoiler here only to find out later on in the show that oscar would would um, be a traitor against Bianca Belair and Charlotte Flair and join damage control. Every time you say Oscar, my dog turns her head. Oh, yeah, yeah. See, I don't understand why you don't watch SmackDown when you have a dog named Oscar, but you're not going to watch <laughs> the actual namesake. Um, the next one was Dragon Lee and Cedric Alexander. Like, not really important to me to watch that at all. Interesting then, fact, Dragon Lee is Roosh's brother. Interesting fact, it's like it was a fun match, and also Cedric Alexander um, damn near murdered Dragon Lee. I didn't see that. I just kind of yeah, he, he did a belly, belly, belly and just like launches Dragon Lee into the turnbuckle upside down, and like you can see, like Dragon Lee lands kind of semi awkward on it. Is it? It was definitely one of those spots you see, and you're just like, ow. So, anyways, and then there was, you know, I guess the next one was L.A. Knight and Grayson Waller. I didn't really, like I said, it was on the background by this point. But, you know, I didn't really think it was that amazing of a SmackDown. Uh, but, you know, Knight. Prov proving a point, if you listen to the crowd when L.A. Knight came out, it's like, dude had not lost any momentum whatsoever, you know, since losing a crown jewel. I said he well, they got they gave him Grayson Waller, who... It seems like it's just a guy that's really easy to beat up on because of his yeah. character. Pretty sure it's like, yeah, he's a he's, really good, unlikable guy, kind of like Austin Theory, you know. Just I was gonna like, say more. Yeah, they pair those two together a lot. I was gonna say it's more like the Miz, really. Yeah, yeah, the, but I wouldn't give him credit for the Miz. The Miz has, has been around for so long; he deserves a, a different level. All right, so going into AEW Collision. Oh, no, 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 uh, no, 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 no. We got to finish the high spot for Dynamite. How they went off the air. Okay. All right. Oh, yeah, All right. That, that is an important angle. Excuse me. Excuse me. Go, going back to AEW Dynamite. All right. Well, what do you got to say? Well, set it up, tee it up for me. What happened? Um, I mean, so after Jay White, uh, after Jay White beat uh, Mark Briscoe, right? Uh, MJF music came and uh, appeared from behind the, the Bullet Club Gold, right? Yep. Who he went, they they bailed out of the of the ring, right? And um, the Acclaimed and Billy Gunn were attacked by masks, masked assailants in the back. 
Correct. Uh, Anthony Bowens was tossed through a glass window. Uh, a la the, the barbershop. And then and and it, was, the, it was Morgan. Morgan. It was real glass. Yeah, that real glass. Cry me a river. So are we thinking that MJ that a CM Punk is the masked devil? Is that what we're thinking? Is that where we're going? No. Nope. CM Punk well, for Survivor Series. Okay, so I believe that the four guys that we saw jumping the acclaimed in the back were the Kingdom and Wardlow. However, I am now 20% believing that it's CM Punk behind the devil mask. Oh, wow. 80% oh. Cole, 80% Cole, 20% CM Punk. You know, I, I like that, that it might be, it's like, it might be Cole, the Kingdom, and Wardlow as kind of a low-key faction. I But as far as, it's like, and I'll give you your 20% with CM Punk, but I am still... It's like I bet I bet all my chips on that CM Punk Survivor Series in Chicago. So that line, the devil's greatest trick was making everyone believe he didn't exist, was stated by CM Punk over 20 years ago in Ring of Honor. Did you know that? Yes. And MJF MJF stole it. I didn't know that. Yes. I'm now starting to put the pieces together. And yes, there's hints on both sides. He dropped hints during his MMA show. Um, and again, I'm not 100% sure Tony knows who's behind the mask. What? But I no longer think it's Brit. I don't believe it's Dolph. I don't believe it's Mansoor. I don't believe it's... Um, who's the other guy behind... Um, uh, oh, uh, there was talk it could be Sammy Callahan because he has some hacking experience from when he was in... GCW and TNA. We don't talk about um, that. Yeah. It, 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 I, it's 80-20. 80% Cole, 20% CM Punk. And the reason why I still think it's Cole is why hasn't anybody got a photo or legit information of him having surgery? Because he hasn't. Time out before we yeah, get I mean, to You've been saying he, has, he wasn't going to get surgery for, I mean, since day one. So, I mean, I'm I haven't believed anything but that, to be honest. You've convinced me since day one. Go, going back with your suggestions there, like, first of all, I never knew Mansoor was an option. Can't yeah, I never knew that either. Yeah, well, where did you pull that from? What, what about uh, – maybe I'm confusing, not Mansoor. Who's the guy they let go that was behind the whole – You're thinking of Mustafa Ali. Oh, there you go, Mustafa Ali. There you go. I, let me I, give don't, you, let I me want give to be Mansoor now. I really let do. Me, let, <laughs> let me give you another possibility. <laughs> We know we the full gear pay per view is coming up. We don't need to pay off the devil here. We need to pay the devil off six days before MJF's contract expires. Who could be behind that devil mask? Tony Khan. What? Stop MJF from leaving AEW with the belt. Okay. He doesn't do. He doesn't do anything. He just orchestrates it. He's got people that do his dirty work. We've never seen the devil lay hands. I, I, uh, I, I hear you, but there's a part of me that like cringed immediately. I'm saying like, oh, I, I get it. I get it. Mr. McMahon character. I get it. But you got to understand six days after that pay-per-view happens, quote unquote, MJF is a free agent. I don't believe that. I believe he resigned four months ago when he came back. But if you're Tony Khan, 
And in storyline, you want to keep MJF in AEW. He's the one under the mask. Now, I don't believe it. I believe it's 80% Cole, 20% CM Punk. But what if there's a half percent that it's Tony Khan? Half uh, percent. It's a, it's a neat, it's an innovative what if. But it's like, it's one of those what ifs that I think to myself, like, I can't tell if I love that or hate it. Where is that pay-per-view? It's in New York, isn't it? Which is MJF's hometown. Is it? It might be. God, now I want to actually like what is like, okay, it's called World's End, right? Yes. I swear to God, I want to keep calling this pay-per-view World's End as the last pay-per-view of the year. Like, that's how it is in my mind. AEW presents the last pay-per-view of the year. Yeah, you're right. December, December 30th at Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum in Uniondale, New York on Long Island. What is MJF's hometown? Long Island. Yep. Dude, that is one day before his contract quote unquote expires. Does tell me, does? tell me the devil is not going to pay off on that date. I, it would have to if that's the case. Did he? We're sure his contract expires. In no, con- in storyline, it expires December thirty first. Okay, I thought it expired at the end of twenty twenty four. I don't. know. Nope. It's like, all right, so. Something to think about with the order. Yeah, you're you're probably right. That's where it's gotta. If that's the case, and his thing expires on January first, twenty twenty four, you're right. The devil thing has to pay off at the last pay per view of the year. Can we agree? Whoever they have playing the devil is a very small, diminutive person. They're not yep. a large wrestler. Yeah. Yeah, but didn't you mention like whoever it was may not have to be whoever it really is in the reveal? Yep. Yep. Yeah. And. What like if Rick what if it's Tony Khan and CM Punk? We've been black. It's like they've been Black Scorpion stuff for years. Where you know it's until the day of the, the show, we don't actually get the real person behind the mask. The whole I feared for my life. That's why he got fired. What if it's the master plan to turn the table on MJF December thirtieth, and oh, because of it, this. Don't tell me that means Jack Perry's one of those dudes too, then. Uh, you know what? It's it's taking a loss on the short end for the long play to pay off. You know that they really put CM Punk's you know that they put CM Punk's merchandise back up for sale on AEW.com, right? No, they did not. He is the number two merchandise seller in the wrestling business at Pro Wrestling Tees behind um uh, Cody Rhodes. I will yes. say this. There is new there is new CM Punk merchandise as of this week, including socks. If you're looking no. for that last minute gift. I am staying no. I am staying to my I'm sticking to my guns here. CM Punk will be is going back to WWE with the Survivor Series. But I swear to God, if I watch Survivor Series, WWE.com, you know, presentation, copyright thing, and the screen goes black and we don't get CM Punk, that's gonna be my initial response. Like, ah shit, Kevin's right. Drew, when does that, that. When like does that, that go down, Drew? When is Survivor Series? Usually uh, right around Thanksgiving, right? right? After thank- uh, Saturday after Thanksgiving. Oh, after Thanksgiving this year. Okay. All right. So basically, since you live right next door to me, I'm going to come outside and I'm going to yell, told you so, at midnight. <laughs> you can literally probably yell that and go from, your, from your garage, and I can hear you inside uh, my house. Yeah. And again, you'll so, hear me again. Ah, shit. Hmm. 
So uh, guys, I, I t-shirts, jacket, socks, uh, back to school poster, and don't look now, boys. Seven. But those socks are brand new this week. Why would you produce CM Punk merchandise for sale on your website if he's not under contract to you anymore? But why would you give it away like that, though? Kevin, if, things if like right, this happen all the time, Morgan. Kevin, if you're right, just make it. Go ahead. I'm giving you permission here. Just make it weird. I, I want like I want after the show, like you're just pat hitting on my kitchen window, like I told you. I mean, they're still selling Jade Cargill stuff. Is it close up? Is it new? Oh, I don't know if it's new. But oh, I hate this. Interesting, interesting. Well, I don't a lot to think about. Lot to think about. I don't think he's going back to um, WWE. I don't think that's that's going to happen. Lot to think about. Just remember, you heard it here first, and oh. still the wrestling podcast. Let's get into right. predictions, boys. All we right, so get full gear predictions here. And let's talk go to full gear. This. Yeah, let's go to full gear real quick. We'll run through it, and um, this will be the end of the show for tonight, since we're at our one hour, right at right at about our one hour mark, uh, maybe a little bit under. Um, all right, so starting from the first match down to the ninth match that's been scheduled so far as of November 13th at 9.30 p.m., we've got MJF and To Be Determined, To, to Be Announced versus The Guns, Austin Gunn, Colton Gunn, tag team match for the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championship. Gavin? Samoa Joe is a tag partner, and I think that they may drop the straps to the young guns, or to the, the smoking guns, or whatever the hell they're called. I, I think if it's MJF and Samoa Joe, it's like I say the two of them actually retain. I say if MJF says, screw this, I'm doing it on my own, and it's just him by himself, I actually believe the guns get the W here and take the titles off them. It's it's about time to take those titles off MJF anyways. It's like, I, I don't see a payoff, even if Adam Cole comes back. Well, again, so look at it from two angles. If his contract is up in storyline December 30th, they have to take the strap off of him. Yeah. Right? Good point. So I think this is, I think if there's not going to be a match at that December 30th pay-per-view, which I would be surprised if there is, I believe that, that he may try, no matter who it is, and I think it's Samoa Joe, that he may drop the strap in the pre-show. All right. So I like that. I, I think that that seems like a pretty um, believable storyline there based on that situation. Um, so I would say I would say the guns win. That's what I'm going to predict. Next up, Sheeta champion versus timeless Tony Storm with Luther. I didn't know Luther was with her. Yeah, he's a like a. He's a butler now. They repackaged him. You're not supposed oh, okay. to know that he's a former like deathmatch wrestler. Right? Yeah, right. So, yeah, they repackaged him. Um, okay. You know what? I'm not sure. This is a pick'em. I would like to see Tony Storm go over, but I'm not sure she's going to because if you don't put her over, she's continuously going crazy in the chase and the chase and the chase. If you put her over, then you can give her a whole different slant where she's on top of the world. I think it could go either way at this point. I'm not sure of the outcome here. I want to say that you're right. Like I said, like it makes sense for in my head that Sheeta actually gets the W and we keep, you know, her just downfalling the madness. But like the other thought process went through my mind was like, this might be one of those cases of 
put her up, let Tony Storm win it and strike while the iron's hot. It's like, oh, and real quick on this one, because AEW is notoriously bad about this. None of this shit where, like, Sheeta wins, and then we have, like, a whatever, like, Dynamite special or something like that, you know, like, less than a week later, and that's where Tony Storm wins the title or something. You know, they did it with Thunder Rosa, and it didn't make any sense to me whatsoever. Drew, watch the shoe. Morgan, what's the next match? Sting, Darby Allen, and Adam Copeland with Ric Flair versus Christian Cage, Luchasaurus, and Nick Wayne in the six-man tag team match. What up, Nick Wayne's mom? Uh, I can see Christian's team going over here and saving Sting for his payoff in February or March, whatever it's going to be. This might be a way to get Darby out. Remember, we have to put Darby out of the business for a short time while he goes and hikes Everest. And he's gonna, he has to call – he has to do the three lower mountains before he can go to Everest. And that takes a year. So he has to get going on this if he's going to climb Everest. I think he said August, September. So we have to figure out a way to get him out. So – I see them drop. I see them losing here in some form or fashion. I think if Ric Flair's there, Adam Copeland's involved in this match, and so is Sting. No, they. I, I think they end up going over. It's like yeah, I don't see that dude who takes the pan too. Yeah, I don't see how Sting loses. I'd probably say like Nick Wayne takes the pin, takes the fall. Somebody easy. Next up, Orange Cassidy, the champion of the AEW International Championship versus John Moxley. Um, still confused as to why this is even a match, but it is, I don't know. I, it, this Parker has to be a match. This, this, that was the whole point of Orange He's Cassidy's promo. He no. has to, in his mind, he has to beat Mox. It's like, it doesn't, he said, this championship doesn't feel right. Unless I beat Mox, I have to put, it's like, it's all about him being able to, you know, beat that hurdle. And for that matter, I've got to pick Orange Cassidy here. Okay. All right. I'm going I'm to go, I'm, I'm go with Orange and I think I'm going to say this is the match of the night. Could very well be. Next up, Hangman, Adam Page versus Swerve Strickland with Prince Nana. Texas death match this time around. This is what I was leading up to talking about with um, Hangman. It's like, you know, the he cut a brilliant pro. It's like probably one of his better promos on Collision. And that's how he says, I want this to end, is he's going with the Texas death match. I'm pretty sure we've done the Texas death match with Hangman somewhere earlier in AEW, <laughs> haven't we? Like, in, in wrestling history, he's never lost a Texas death match, and it's time for him to lose and go away yep. and get repackaged and come back with a different veracity. He needs to oh, lose I, to I, put Swerve over, make Galvanize Swerve as a star, and te- uh, uh, Hangman needs to come back in a couple of months as like a re-energized, re-angled wrestler. 100%. I think, I think he'll get his offense in. He'll is like he'll beat the absolute crap out of Swerve, but yeah, I'm with you. Swerve goes over here. Yep, he has to. I agree, he has to. Two guys kind of in like no man's land as far as belts are concerned. Um, Two wrestlers that deserve to be showcased, but have no place in a belt right now. I don't understand it, but you know, that's where it's at. Um, Do you swerve when you drive? Um, Only after is that, is that the lyrics? Is that how it goes? I swerve when I drive. I swerve when I drive. 
Only after he leaves Twin Peaks. <laughs> you know that billionaire bacon boy. <laughs> the Golden Jets, Kenny Omega, Chris Jericho versus the Young Bucks, Matt Jackson, Nick Jackson. Tag team match. If the Jets win, they'll be able to take over the World Tag Team Championship opportunity. If the Bucks win, then the Golden Jets must disband as a team. That team name goes over like a wet fart in church. I'm so disgusted by this. I have no prediction. I just don't give a shit. I was about to say, like, I'm going to go with, like, saying that the Bucks win, but it's like, you you bring up a valid point, man. Like, do I care? I really don't here. Like, I feel like I should care that this match is happening, and it'll probably be a good match. But, you know, it's like, I'm with you. I do not see any fun as like purpose for this it's kind of a it's like we just put them on the card just to make sure they're on the card i'll predict kenny gets pinned here yeah i can see that too next up statlander the champion versus julia hart versus red velvet or sky blue yet to yet to have that match it'll be sky blue in the so this will this be is, for the WTBS Championship three-way match. This could be where Sky Blue and Julia Hart take down Statlander. I think you're going to see a continuation of that angle, but I'm not sure Stat's going to drop the belt. Uh, I, I, I kind of agree with you on that one, though. I'm going to just be different. I'm going to say strike while the iron's hot. I think it's like Julia Hart wins the title. Let me ask you, uh, Statlander's tagline is more than a woman. Exactly what does that mean? Is that kind of like, is that kind of like, I'm not like most girls? Don't treat me like a woman. Don't treat me like a man. It seems an awful lot like Nia Jax's tagline. I'm treat not like both. Just what I am. Yeah, it's. Nice uh, one in the world. Anyone? Not, not good. Not okay. good. Yeah, not good. Uh, I don't see Statlander dropping the strap here. And match I say a uh, big time four-way tag team match, AW World Tag Team Championship on the line. Ricky Starks and Big Bill, the champions, versus La Faction and Gubernables, Rush and Drillistico versus FTR, Cash Wheeler, Dax Harwood, and versus Kings of the Black Throne, Malachi Black and Brody King. That's Roosh to you. And what's going to happen is the bell's going to ring. Roosh. Yes. And everyone's going to go crazy. It'll just be a spot monkey fest after spot monkey fest, and it's a pick em, in my opinion. Can, can I say just the obvious thing in this, looking at Rick's, Ricky Starks and Big Bill, like, you guys are going to die out there. You know that? It's like, you're in you're in the ring with some bona fide killers here. Starks can go, but Big Bill is just a big guy. He's just going to take a lot of bumps. But, oh. yeah, this is this is a this is a, mo- a spot monkey match. This is your This is your Lucha Bros versus Young Bucks match, just with different people. The hi- the highlight of this match for me is probably gonna be it's like the minute it's like Roosh gets tagged in with somebody like Brody King and you get just like oh. two guys beating the absolute crap out of each other. Oh, I bet you Ricky Starks can sell that Malachi like kick, you know, like none other. Yeah, it's gonna be a fun match. I don't know if it'll beat the uh, the the Moxley uh, Cassidy match, but this will be a fun match. And just, yeah, it, it's it's a pick'em. I I don't I I don't know the logic behind FTR asking to drop the belts, um, and I I don't know the outcome here. Again, it, it's 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 
it's strange booking to me, so I don't follow the angle. Okay, but uh, let's say let's say I'm right about that. FTR wins, and then the Bucks, you know, decide they want their match right now, and they win the titles. If the Bucks are not involved in this in any way, shape, or form, I'll just go the trifecta here and say if Julia Hart wins the TBS title, that Malachi and Brody actually take the, the tag team titles. Could care less about the Brody King cop hater. And Malachi Black, I feel like just give the mat, just give the belts back to FTR and let's move on. Oh, fuck off, they're great. Uh, <laughs> MJF versus Jay White to finish the night champion MJF AW World Championship online. Zero chance Jay White wins. Nothing yeah, else bad. There's absolutely no way in hell MJF doesn't win this. He's match. about as good as about as much chance as um, LA Knight had against. Will it be Roman, yeah, Roman Reigns? Sure. Will it be a good match? Yeah, probably. Is MJF going to win? One hundred percent. Will there be shenanigans in this match? Absolutely. I wouldn't be surprised if the guns and. Um, and Juice Robinson come down, try to get involved, and we see the Devils actually in person for once. Maybe. I'm thinking Samoa Joe helps MJF in the final, especially Ooh. since I think he's going to tag with him in the beginning because okay. he, he wants his shot. Okay. And then that builds to December 30th, in which we can expose whoever the Devil was to help Samoa Joe win, and that makes him throw the belt on all that more interesting now, doesn't it? Oh, wait, are, are we insinuating that this might actually lead to Samoa Joe taking the belt off MJF? Anything is possible. If it's, It could be Tony Khan. It could be MJF. It could be uh, Adam Cole. It could be CM Punk. Uh, there's a schmoz coming, and it's going to happen December 30th, boys. I'll tell you this. If you got the balls to put the AEW world title on Samoa Joe, I am 100% down for this thing. Remember, there's still the whole debate over the real – world champion that's out there Still oh, that oh, what if that belt shows up on survivor Series? actually on wednesday night mjf called himself the real world champion now that could be in conjunction to the fact that uh what's his name jay white's holding the belt but you know it's funny you you get one paraphrase and the internet goes crazy oh my god that was an insider and it was real glass and he said real world champion cm punk's coming back it's funny how you have to guard your words in such a, a an accessible world that we live in today. Uh, you can break everything down and correlate it back to just about anything in history. It's pretty damn amazing. But so boys, did we, did we not just a couple weeks ago see Mount? It's like have you know Morgan brought it up the oh look Malachi Black's out of here and he doesn't have any of the paint right. over his eye and we tried to and like we're asking like, is that just a goof or is that actually got significant meaning? This is pro wrestling now, I guess. So um, my overall question about the pay-per-view is, is it going to be a good pay-per-view? And Morgan, you've brought this up numerous times. We often go into this thinking it's going to be an okay pay-per-view and it blows our socks off. Are we going to get another one of those with this, boys? I mean, they the card has people in there that can put on a good match from top to bottom. Is there so. any match that's must-see for you? Oof. Um... I say Mox and OC is still is uh, you know it, Mox and OC for me is a must. Same thing with I think Hangman and Swerve is a must. I think both of those are going to be really good matches. 
can honestly say this is the first AEW pay-per-view that I don't feel absolutely compelled to watch live. And I won't be able to watch it live. I'll, uh, I'll be on track Saturday, Sunday, so I'll be coming back till Sunday night. So I will watch this on, uh, on, on replay probably Monday afternoon so that we can talk about it next Monday night. But I am not compelled yeah. to stay up all night to watch this on Saturday night. Honestly, I, I'm curious to see what they do with Tony Storm. And I'm curious to see what happens with MJF at the end. The rest, mm, not so much. I've already seen oh, Swerve Strickland. pay-per-view? Yes, because AEW has a really good streak of good show pay-per-view shows going, and it's going to take oh, yeah. one of them not being good for me to, you know, actually really question that. So right now, it's like they've gotten them all right for the most part. For you know, so far, it's like I don't see why they botched this one. All right, so I got I got another interesting segment here, and we'll finish with this. I want each of you to give me a random letter of the alphabet. I will go try to find a wrestler that has a name that starts with that letter and try to find the most obscure one, try to find the most uh, uh, Mr. Irrelevant or Mrs. Irrelevant, I guess you could say. We'll do men's and women's roster, but the lost wrestler. um, That's what we'll call it. We'll call it the lost wrestler. I'll try to find one that's basically been forgotten. Or we could say we could call it the forgotten wrestler. Uh, Drew, we'll start with you. What's the letter of the night? The X. Forgotten X. 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 Xavier. Okay. Well, let's go down and let's see. Is there any X's? Uh, there's no X's in Xavier Woods. I mean, I'm talking about an AEW, fellas. Oh, well, you didn't say that. Okay. Yeah. Okay, let me go back. AEW only here. There's no X's. So. Who you get? What? Give me another letter. Um, let's go with I don't know P. P. Pineapple P. P. All right. Let's see. Let's see. Is there a P that's not really being used? That. Um, okay. Here's one. Parker Bordeaux. He's. Yeah, he don't work there no more. He's gone. He's gone. He's gone. He's yep. still on their. He's still on their roster on their website. This okay. is their web- roster. AEW. Come on, AEW. So they not they they got rid of him. Yeah, he's uh, not there. It I was recent the next, last month. I guess the next one would be someone like maybe. Uh, let's see who has a worse record than that. Would be Paul White. He's about to wrestle, but I think we all can agree. Even the crowd chanted a couple of months ago that he shouldn't be wrestling. Mm. So. Uh, Kevin, what's your letter? Let's go with D as in Dick. <laughs> Thank you for uh, helping me out with that. Let's see. We've got, um, I think I know who you want me to say. Um, let's see. Let's go with Danhausen. Right now he's three and three overall. Very nice, very evil. Is he what's what's the deal with him right now? He should be coming back like eminently this week, if I'm not mistaken. Did you say he showed up on collision last week? They're like, no, 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 one more week, one more week. So yeah. I believe he's ready to re-debut any like either Wednesday night or Friday night. I do and I do love some good Dan Housen. Let's see, let's see. A D for the girls, the women's roster, Diamante. Diamante. Four and eight overall in 2023. She was on TV two weeks ago on Collision, if I'm not mistaken. Wasn't she there when we were at Collision? 
She was. And for P, we have two wrestlers that have no records, Paige Van Zandt and Penelope Ford. Paige uh, is not. Paige Van Zandt does anymore. not work for that company anymore. No, what happened? Ford, you got something. What happened to Pineapple Pete? Do you guys remember him during the pandemic? No. He fought, what happened he to fought. Luigi Primo? Is he still Yes. Luigi. Luigi. Super bad. You know that, that pizza that, disappeared. That, that pizza is gimmicked. The pizza that he spins is a gimmick. It's a it's a cloth and it's attached to his hand. So even though he's wrestling, he still it it it's fantastic, fantastic gimmick. Was that this year? Was that 2023? We saw that. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe I, early I don't know. In the year. I don't know, man. That was a great character. You're losing me on this. Pineapple Pineapple Pete sat front row week after week at AEW at Daly's place. And it's not even his real name, but for whatever reason, Chris Jericho started calling him Pineapple Pete. And then he had a match with Pineapple Pete. You don't remember that? No? No, I'm I'm losing. You're losing me. All right. I'm trying to see Pineapple Pete. Yeah, you're not going to find it, I bet. AEW? Definitely going to find it. He was prominent. Why, why he so? Oh, okay. I, yeah, I, I don't know anything about this guy. I haven't. I don't remember seeing him at all. It was during the pandemic, and they only had like maybe twenty-five people in, around the ringside, and he was one of them. And something happened where Chris Jericho he he hit he hit Chris Jericho. Something happened. There was an interaction. He started calling him Pineapple Pete, Pineapple Pete, even though that isn't the guy's real like. Uh, he, he's it's not his work wrestling name he just started calling him pineapple pete and then they had a match on dynamite him and pineapple pete he squashed him but he made pineapple pete a star because pineapple pete was just an indie worker from the area interesting well yep well i think that wraps it up for the show tonight fellas we had some great discussion uh rest in peace in memory to uh eddie guerrero we talked about full gear and our thoughts leading up to that from dynamite all the way to collision and then some discussion on those lost wrestlers on the on the roster for AEW as well i hope you enjoyed this podcast and hope you will tune in next time as we continue our talk and rants on all things AEW and professional wrestling This is and still a wrestling podcast. And don't forget the Formula One shit show.